0: So Pastor Andrew and Jane are from Living World Church in Rotorua, and uh, just a great uh, church, very similar to ours. from multiple services, and just great people. Great knowing them for years, great friend. But he also serves on the executive team for New Life Churches of New Zealand. He looks after all the regions uh, from right down to. He's my troubleshooter guy. I, I, I'm sending an Andrew, and everyone goes, "Whoa, we're sending an." It's like so. He's been such a great help to us. So, Andrew, we're so glad to have you uh in the house today can can i just get you to stand just one more time and just put your hands together as pastor andrew comes and speaks Um. you may be seated what a privilege it is for me to come and be with you this morning and bring the word of god how many people love the word of god this morning And I just feel like God wants to do something in the praise and worship this morning and the way that we honored the Lord this morning. God has something for us. God is fighting for you today. Do you believe that this morning? So I have a word in my heart that I want to share with you today, kind of a funny title, and it just is the word instead. Would you say instead with me this morning? Instead. Genesis 2 verse 5 in the New Living Translation says this. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord had not yet, everyone say not yet, not yet, sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all The land. I don't know what you're going through today and what you may be facing, but this scripture tells me God has a purpose and intent of how He's going to do something, but maybe there's a season, maybe there's a time, maybe over your life right now there's a not yet. The great thing is, this verse tells me that even though there's a not yet, God has already prepared and instead. He has already gone before, nothing catches God by. Surprise. I want to tell you, the pandemic did not catch God by surprise. The economy and the state that we're going through has not caught God by surprise. He has for us, and instead, we're in a season where it may be a not yet. All right? I don't know about you, but I had a whole lot of plans laid out for my year, and we've just gotten a oh, not yet. <laughs> Is that you today? Are you living in a season where it's a not yet? Well, here's what I believe. In this season, we can actually apply the instead that God has for us. We can actually dig deep into his word and see that he's not caught by surprise. He is not caught napping. He has got something for us in Instead, are you excited this morning? Are you believing with me this morning? Because I know this, the Word of God can shift people today. It can create life for you today. It can move you out of the place that you might be thinking. Because I want to tell you this, and I don't know, you know whether you, you, you are able to comprehend, but I want to tell you, no matter what the media say about the economy, the people of God are from another kingdom. The people of God, we live in this economy, but our provision comes from another economy. Our provision comes from the kingdom of heaven. We live in this world, but my source is not what the government may supply. Bless them anyway. But my source is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is my provider. He is my Jehovah Jireh. Is he yours this morning? Well, the word of God is going to really reinforce that he's looking out for you today. Can you say amen? Isaiah 55, coming up on the screen for you this morning, says this, talking about the rain that God intended, that God purposed to water the earth. And he says this in Isaiah 55, verse 10, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven does not return there, but it waters the earth. There it is. God gives the rain to water the earth so that the earth can be productive, so that it can nourish the world and the people of the world and make it bring forth bud that it may give listen to this seed to the sower and bread to the eater and here's what is being applied right now in verse 11 so shall my word That goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It will accomplish what the intent of God is, it will accomplish what He purposes, and it shall prosper in the thing that which I sent it. You know, if we're living by the Word of God, God wants to prosper you this morning. Do you believe that? He actually wants to prosper you. But the prosperity is not a prosperity that we might think is just financial. The prospering of God is for our whole life. Verse 12 says, You shall go out with joy. I don't know how you came in here this morning, but you're going out with joy. You're going out with joy and you're going to be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you. And the trees, everyone say trees this morning. The trees of the fields are going to clap you out this morning. And then verse 13 says this, and instead, Everyone say instead. And instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it will be to the Lord. For a name, for a testimony, for His glory, an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. You know that first verse, verse we read talked about God's intent to water the earth, but there was a not yet season. But in the not yet season, He has something great instead for us. He has something already prepared for us in the seasons where we can't see what He's doing. And then this verse, I love what it says because God has an in- instead for us. That he has trees instead of thorns for us. So my first point this morning is that God has a tree for you instead of thorns. Now you say, what a crazy verse that is. Well, Isaiah 61 refers to people as trees. That we might be trees of righteousness. I'm so glad he doesn't say that you shall be gorse of righteousness. You're not going to be blackberry of righteousness because if you've had to wade through blackberry if you've had to wade through gorse how many people know that that's a pretty awful you know environment to be trudging through and God wants to break away through the gorse and he says this that I will cause to come up out of the thorn I'm going to cause to come up out of the briar a tree something that's not prickly something that's not cutting you something that's not painful for you God wants to bring up something that's fruitful for you he says I'm going to make you a cypress tree, which was an incredibly productive and beautiful tree. He says, I'm going to make you a myrtle tree, which was a fragrant tree. Oh, I don't know about you, but have you met some prickly people in your life? Maybe some of you are are going through right now, you know, situations and there's just cutting coming against your life. Maybe there's just things and, and, you know, you're looking at the people and going, why are you doing that to me? Why are you saying that? Or why are you behaving like that? Or why are you doing that? And it's all prickly. It's all thorns. It's all briar right now. Well, I want to tell you, instead of just getting offended with them, start praying the instead over their lives. Because God has prepared an instead for them and an instead for you. And it's not gorse and it's not blackberry. It's a cypress tree. It's a myrtle tree. He has something of the tree of righteousness and fruitfulness that God wants to bring into your life. This morning, can you say amen? The second thing that I want to say to you this morning, and this may be for somebody here today, first point was God has a tree for you instead of the thorn. But secondly, this morning, God has promotion for you instead of the plot. He has promotion for you instead of the plot. Well, where do you find that in the Bible? Well, it's actually in the book of Esther. And in Esther, we read that... um, There's a man named Mordecai who was a faithful servant of God. Esther was the queen, God's appointed person into that environment. And Mordecai, he had an enemy, a man named Haman. And Haman didn't like Mordecai. He didn't like him because Mordecai was a follower of God. You ever had someone who really gets on your case because you follow God? You know, maybe in your workplace, really just loves to bring out the old wisecracks, really just likes to bring out the pressure and really rib you all the time, and they're just annoyed because you're one of those people. You're one of the believing crowd, you know? So they just love to lay it all on. They've got their arguments all lined up, and they just want to bring you down. Well, I want to tell you this morning, whatever's being plotted against you, God has promotion instead. Can you say... Amen. Because here's what happens to Mordecai. This man that was in pursuit of him was a man named Haman. And Haman (laughs) wanted to kill Mordecai so badly. He made gallows, a hangman's noose. And he prepared that for the day where he could deceive the king into giving an edict to kill Mordecai. How big a plot is that, that you would prepare for it? Gallows. I want to tell you the enemy, he tries to prepare something to bring you down. But God hasn't instead prepared already for you. Instead of the plot, God has a promotion. We pick up the scripture in the book of Esther where it's coming to a climax. And uh, Haman realizes that the king has found out that Mordecai is actually a good guy. And that actually Haman's the bad guy. It gets exposed. How many people know that things you know in life... You know, you just wish it to get exposed. You know the truth, but it's not happening for you. And you can't, you know, push your side of the story because it just isn't going to cut it. But it needs somehow to be exposed. Someone's got to be the whistleblower, right? And it says here in verse 8 of chapter 7 of Esther, that when the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine, that Haman had fallen across the couch where Esther was. He was pleading for her to appeal to the king, but it looked like he was assaulting her. And the king said, will you also assault the queen while I'm in the house? So he's really ticked off now, right? And as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said to the king, look, the gallows. Look, the gallows. Like, look, the plane, the plane, the gallows. 50 cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai. The whistleblowers come out. They made this for Mordecai. That was it. Right. And so the king says, hang him on it. Hang Haman on the hangman. Hang him on the gallows. So they hanged Haman on the gallows, verse 10, that had been prepared for Mordecai. They hung Haman on the gallows that had been prepared for Mordecai. Sometimes we'll never see what God is doing in the midst of what we're going through. We're looking at some gallows and saying, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. Like Zachary Smith out of Lost in Space. I'm doomed. And God is behind the scene prepared and instead for us. And at the right moment... The 1159th moment comes in, turns it all around, destroys the person who's plotting on the very thing that was prepared to bring you down. I love that. That's the power of our God. That's the awesomeness of our God. That though we think the enemy is preparing to bring us down, God has an instead to raise us up. He's going to bring you up, church. He's going to bring you into a place where people recognize your value, where people recognize the good that's in you, where they start to reward you for what you're doing. Because there's plenty of people here doing a lot of things behind the scenes. And they say, I've never seen. They never see me. There comes a season where what you do, is honored and God raises you up. Sometimes we go through the not yet season. Amen. So good. The third thing I want to say to you this morning is that God has deliverance for you instead of destruction. I don't know how you felt going through this whole pandemic, but it felt like we're, uh, we're doomed, right? You know, the whole thing's going to cave in. I had to believe that if God could bring Israel out of Egypt and provide for them in the wilderness, then this was nothing for our God to carry his people through what for us has been the event of a lifetime, right? I didn't know what to do in this. Did you know what to do with this? I'm ringing Pastor Adam. What do we do? He doesn't know either. We don't know what to do. It's terrible when you're a control freak and you don't know what to do. And I've got to go back to the Word of God because without the Word of God, we have nothing to stand on. And I have to believe that God has something prepared for me, that even though I'm going through a valley, even though I'm going through a dark time, even though I don't know what's ahead of me and I cannot see for the, for the fog that's ahead of me, God has something prepared for you and for me in the midst of this. Can you say amen? I feel like I need to preach sometimes with a mask on. That's because spit is firing out to the front row. It's more than two meters apart. God has deliverance for you instead of destruction. Don't you love that? When you're thinking, oh God, this is the end. Maybe some of you are in business right now and you're thinking this is the end. It's not the end. It's not the end. You can't see right now, but it's not the end. I want you to go out of here today knowing that God has an instead for you. There might be a not yet season on your life, but God has an instead. Now, listen to this. In Genesis 22, because this is really awkward, God says to uh, Abraham, go and and sacrifice your son, your only son. I I would not like to be the recipient of this word of the Lord. I'll tell you right now. This is a tough one. All right? Give me a church to run. No, that's is a joke. Then they came to the place to which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife. Everyone say took the knife. knife. To slay. Oh, that's a bad word. To slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then, everyone say then. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead Of his son. Aren't you just love that? That God had not let Abraham go through this without having prepared the ram, without having got it caught in the thicket. He never saw it when he went up there because my Bible tells me that when they were going up the hill, Abraham, uh, sorry, his son Isaac, who's carrying the wood for the sacrifice, says, Father, I see that we're going to do a sacrifice. You've got the fire in your hands, and I am carrying the wood. God, where is the sacrifice that we're going to lay on the altar? And Abraham has to say, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And so they climb, they climb, and and Isaac carries, and, and, and Abraham carries, and they get to the top. They've got to build the altar. And there is Isaac looking around going, Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Where is the lamb God will provide for himself a sacrifice? And then, you know, they build the altar. They put the wood on it. And then uh, Abraham begins to tie his feet. And right then, (laughs) right then, I think Isaac realizes, I am the sacrifice. Oh, wow. Bible doesn't say he fought about it. He's got his trust in his father. Abraham's got his trust in Father God. He lays Isaac on the altar. He picks up the knife. This is 11.59. This is the last moment that the instead of God can be kicked in. And God is waiting for a people who will still climb the mountain, who will still carry the wood, who will still carry the fire and build an altar and cause a sacrifice to happen in the midst of an awkward situation. And as he picks up the knife, 11.59, Angels intervene and says, look around. You didn't see it before. It was always there, but you couldn't see what I had prepared for you, my child. You couldn't see I had a ram caught in the thicket. You couldn't see it because you were unable to see what I'm doing and preparing behind the scenes. Our God is awesome, church, isn't he? He has deliverance prepared for you instead of destruction. Or oh, we might not be able to see it. There was no evidence that God was doing anything behind the scenes. It was all carry. It was all load. It was all service. It was all build. It was everything to do with what we always do without the evidence that God was going to move. Yeah. I want to encourage you today, church. Sometimes we just build. Sometimes we carry. Sometimes there's fire on one of us that shares amongst the others. And we, we go, where is the evidence God has prepared for you? For this house, something awesome that's going to cause a sacrifice of worship and praise. That's going to break through and be a testimony to his name for all time. Would somebody put their hands together and give the Lord a clap offering this morning. What an awesome God we serve. He, he comes to bring deliverance instead of destruction. He's awesome. And fourthly, my last point this morning is that God has for you beauty instead of burning. He's got beauty for you instead of burning. Isaiah 61 says he's got beauty for you instead of ashes. He's got the oil of joy for you instead of mourning. He's got the garments of praise, the new clothes for you instead of those old ones. Some of you are quite excited about the new clothes. I would be too. I love clothes. I don't particularly have a great fashion sense, but I love clothes. God has new clothes for us. There's never hey, just take those ones off and I'll let you be like the emperor with nothing. He's got something prepared for you. He's got something instead of. And so we got to realize that though we might go through seasons where it feels like there's burning going on in our life, what is God going to do? He says, out of the ashes. Out of the ashes, I'm going to cause something beautiful. You say, but I'm burnt. I got burnt by that person. I got burnt by that business. Or I got burnt by this and burnt by that. And burning is something we can't avoid. But here's what my Bible tells me, that in the midst of burning, God has instead got beauty for us. It's awesome. We can't avoid getting burnt. But we need to see that he has beauty for us that are going to rise out of the ashes. You know, I'd love it if we didn't have to go through some of the stuff we go through. Wouldn't that just be great? I've discovered God doesn't work like that. He's a God who lets you go through. And then when you're going through, He delivers you. When, he goes th- when you go through, He prepares for you. Maybe the musicians could come this morning. Let me close with this. Go back to when God delivered Israel out of Egypt. You know the stories of the plagues. You know how God was stirring up Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. How many people know what the 10th plague was? Okay, that was the plague of the spirit of death. I always wonder, God, why didn't you just let that go through Egypt and not let it go through your people? You could have just taken them out of the picture, your God. You could have just saved your people right there and said this is only going to go through the Egyptian houses. Why did you make your people have to go through that? Have you ever thought that or is it just me? God made His people go through that. But He gave them His Word. God gave them the Word. And the Word was, you're to take a lamb. You're to sacrifice that lamb. A lamb for a household. And then you're to take the blood of that lamb and you're to apply it to the doorpost of your house. And it will be that when the spirit of death comes into your camp, comes to your door, that when it sees the instead that I have prepared, that it will see the blood of the lamb and it will detour. It will not destroy you. It will deliver you. It will save you when you apply the blood. And I want to say this this morning. God is a God who prepares the instead, but sometimes we miss it because we're not obeying his word. Sometimes we're not applying his word. Sometimes we quit without carrying. We give up without getting to the top of the mountain. We forget that God may be preparing and instead for us at the top. So we quit at the bottom. God wants us to apply the blood. Jesus died on the cross once and for all, for all mankind. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. The day that Jesus died on the cross, salvation was won for all mankind, amen? Amen. But you know, you got saved on the day you applied the blood. Did you realize that? The day you accepted Jesus was the day you applied the blood to the doorpost of your house. And that's when death detoured off your life. That's when hell detoured off your life and heaven came into your eternity. Isn't that a great thing when we invite Jesus to come into our hearts that the greatest detour around is that we're no longer destined for hell, we're purposed for heaven. Would you stand with me this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you know that Jesus died for you. You've been told before that Jesus died once for all mankind. But have you applied the blood? Have you invited Jesus to come into your heart today? Because there's a spirit of death, an enemy that wants to take you out. But God wants to take you in instead. He wants you in His kingdom. He wants you in His family. He wants you to know the family of God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we thank You right now. Your presence is here. Your word has gone forth. You are the God who has prepared a great instead for us. And right now, God could be one of the greatest detours that a person could have in their life where they invite Jesus to come into their life applying the blood of the Lamb. And today that's you right now. Would you just slip your hand up and let me know because Jesus wants to come into your heart today. You say oh well, I know God, I've, I've been you know, with God for a while but actually right now you're not as close to God as you should be. Well maybe you need to apply the blood today and come close again to Jesus. If that's you this morning, just put up your hand. I'd love to pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you this morning. Somebody else today, inviting Jesus into their heart, getting right with God. I know there's another. If that's you this morning, just quickly pop it up. I'm not gonna take very long. Thank you, down the back today. That's awesome. Let me pray. But also this morning, I just wanna just speak to people today who may be going through some stuff. Maybe you feel like you've been burnt. Maybe you feel like there's been plotting going on against your life. Maybe you feel like your life's just been full of thorns. God's got an instead for you. God has it already prepared. And if you will apply the Word and reach into the Word, you'll begin to see, oh, you've still got to carry some wood. You've still got to go up the hill. But when you do, you're going to see what God has already prepared for you. If you'd like to be included in this prayer this morning, just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray a close. Thank you this morning. God bless you. Come on, hands right up this morning. Let's just really reach in right now. There's a moment here to capture what God wants to release through His Word this morning, and you have to apply it. You have to say, yeah, I'm in this morning. I'm going to take hold of that. I'm going to grab that for my life. I'm going to be part of that this morning. Put your hand up right now as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that you are the God who prepares an instead for us. No matter what the devil intends for us, oh, I know he comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but you've got a great instead for us. It's the fullness of life, eternal life, and a life in all its fulfillment. We claim that right now today in the name of Jesus. For those, Lord, who have wandered far from you or not had you in their life, Jesus, right now, we invite you to come into our hearts. Forgive us of our sins, cleanse us, and make us new. By faith, we receive you, Lord, to be the Lord and Savior of our life. That we may stand upon your word and say, when we are born again, we are part of the family of God. And we receive you now in Jesus' name. Father, for every person going through stuff right now, we claim thee instead for their life in the name of Jesus. We believe your word. We stand on your word. And we receive it today. We apply it today in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, church, put your hands together and give the Lord a great clap.